You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everybody, welcome to Webcology here on on webmasterradio.fm. Yeah, you heard me right. Webcology and well, the entire network is well. We're Webmaster Radio again. Um, there's a there's a who's on first joke in here somewhere. I'm not sure where it is, but this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and I'm joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And Dave, yeah, welcome back to Webmaster Radio. Well, I know it's uh, it's good to be back. It was good to be gone, I guess, since uh, you know I had more or less the same crew to chat with brasco yourself uh, on a weekly basis but uh yeah there's just something sort of nostalgic about that isn't there but uh you know it was it was, it was nice to hear you say that again it, it 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 feels good to say webcology on webmaster radio um a little bit more uh direct than uh cranberry the moniker cranberry but uh you know that was it was great being with cranberry um Wonderful, wonderful people to work with. Um, and, uh, yeah, but moving forward, we're rebranded. We're back to Webmaster Radio, and it's same old network, same old shows. Um, hopefully larger audiences yet again. Yeah, looking forward to it. Speaking of looking forward to stuff, today we have, like, well, pretty much everybody's favorite person in the SEO industry. Melissa Falk is going to be on um, after first break. Looking forward to this. Absolutely. Um, lots happened in the uh, search world this week. The uh, the one that got me, the, 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 it's the end of summer, 
Like, this is literally the last day of August, uh, August 31st, uh, 2017. And uh, the Panda algorithm's what? Five, six years old now? <laughs> yep. And naturally, over time, uh, you know, five or six years ago, Google had a reason, an intent, something that they wanted to accomplish when they when they introduced this the the sweeping algorithm that that or sweeping series of algorithm changes that got called Panda. Mm -hmm. That was Panda primarily looked at the quality of content and you know um, links within the content, anchor text you use in the links. Um, Number of number of measures on the quality and the intent of the content you 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 would publish on on your pages, mm-hmm. and you know it 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 kicked the panda kicked the crap out of bad content, and ostensibly I guess it was supposed to reward good content. Yep. It may or may not have worked out that way, depending on if it was your content or somebody else's. I got punished. <laughs> it's a very subjective thing, right? Yep. Well. Gary Eyes, um, uh, Google uh, spokesperson, um, has recently said in a, in a Twitter, in a 4.20 a.m. Twitter burst, uh, Gary said that, you know, what was true five years ago may not be true now, and that Google has changed the way they look at Panda. I really wish I had more to tell you about that. That's, that's where the story ends. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if, if any of us think about this, right? Like, I, I wasn't surprised to hear this. Is, this goes down to me as one of those just non-stories in a weird way. Like to, to come out and say this to me, I'm going, well, I just assume you would. Like the way you judged content five years ago, the technologies, the infrastructure, the just whims of people and their attention spans is different now. I just always kind of assumed that the way Google, you know, and, and talking about Panda here and, and its assessment of content, I just sort of assumed that it, it did and would, right? That's why there's more updates and there are days in a year each year. Right? I mean, it's just to address these sort of things. So I found that sort of funny when he came out and said it, because to me, I was like, well, yes, of course you are changing the way you look at content. So are all of us. That's why you are. <laughs> it's called the small screen, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it made perfect sense to me. I wasn't at all surprised. I'm sure most of our listeners weren't at all surprised and sort of look at it and go, yeah, that's right. And I mean, you know, and, and the people that are abusing things are, you know, using different techniques now than they were five years ago. So they're looking for those as well. And they're looking for ad space, you know, you know a little bit differently because we're doing it a little bit differently. But anybody who thought that wasn't the case is a little odd. And I think that's where the value of looking at something like Panda, looking at something, you know, any large algorithmic chunk. Um, I think that's where the benefit is not in, Hey, let's try and look at this specific thing because you either can't figure it out or can't keep up and probably both. Um, so just look at what it logically would be trying to accomplish and make sure that your site is keeping up with that, right? I mean, what it might have hit five years ago or now would have been great five years ago based on your users. Who knows? But just make sure you're constantly looking at your site and going, does it serve my users? And does my content feed the user through the, the funnel properly for, for, their, for their intent when they landed there? If the answer is yes, then chances are you're doing okay under Panda, Penguin, Rank Brain, whatever. So I, I, I wasn't surprised. It made sense to me. Well, 
you've been you've been in this game for uh, for a couple of years now, eh? <laughs> couple, couple of years, yeah. A couple of years, yeah. Um, why is it? Well, I, I guess this is this is a two part question. Um, why is it that 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 SEOs, especially especially, are are so tempted to algo chase to look for the next big thing in the uh, in the smallest of pronouncements from from Google representatives? You know what I really have to wonder, and I think that's a great question. Um, I think something that that I often wonder and that we need to consider is: Are we surrounding ourselves by people like us? Right? Like I hear it a lot. You hear it a lot. Barry Schwartz reports on it a lot. We all ask, you know, Gary or John this a lot, but who's asking the questions, right? Is it people who are SEOs now for three years? Is it, is it the, the fresh blood in the industry that's asking them these questions? Or is it you or I, the people who've been here eight, 10, 12, 15 years <laughs> that are so used to, I mean, that's how we had to do it. I mean, you remember, you know, the, the, the early 2000s, you chased algorithms. It's what you did. Um, and that's because an update happened and then it held for six weeks and you needed to chase, right? That was the way it all worked. So is it us doing that and just habitually going, this is the way it needs to be, even though we're all talking about something like artificial intelligence and going, the change is going to be so rapid and undetectable and personalized that it almost becomes irrelevant at some point to chase an algorithm because it, it won't matter or it ought to be so customized for an individual user and their device and their location, but none of it will really matter anymore. And that we need to just chase this experience and producing the thing, the end goal, um, and, and then producing the results within the context of the, you know, how Google's laying it out. Okay. I, I to me more interesting right now than chasing a, an algorithm. I mean, it's important to understand what your fundamentals are. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, Hey, ignore title tags and H ones and content. I mean, no, I'd be an idiot to do that, but I think more, interesting and, and probably more relevant than chasing those the, the the little things like is panda the same or is it not is taking a look at the structure uh, the structural changes you know google's adding in carousels like we've been talking about or you know they've added in like a little more button with drop downs to shopping in in their in their mobile um results that happened just i guess it was today or yesterday um, you know, paying attention to those things because I think that'll tell us where our opportunities are and what Google wants us to be thinking about. And I think that's more important than going, hey, did Panda change a little bit? Who cares? We'll never know what that is. All we need to know is what its intent is. They want good content. Okay, good. <laughs> We've got that. Now let's look at how they're letting us display that content and then what they want our users to do on the site. If we just focus a little more on those things and a little less on what did they say about Panda, when we, we still won't know what the algorithm is anyway. I think to me that's a that's a little more telling on what we're what we're expected to do in in Google's eyes. Well, so 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 to paraphrase, um, there's a lot of algo chasing going on because there's always been a lot of algo chasing going on. This is just how we've always done things, even though as we uh, and then I, I think it could be argued for the last three or four years, even as we enter the the the, the mobile world. Um, the way search results are displayed is, is radically different than it was, say, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, it's more about telling the story and answering the questions, and chasing the algorithm isn't going to help you with an increasingly limited number of places to find placement. 
Oh, indeed. And then I mean, you remember our, our interview with, with Cindy. I think one of the most telling things um, that's, that's interesting to me, and I still can't quite wrap my brain around it the way she has, um, you know, and I, I may never be able to, but one of the things I think is almost more interesting than all these let's chase the algorithm, and we can see it in how, how they're structuring their data is we need to start stop thinking maybe as much about the algorithm. I, I, pay attention to algorithms. Go ahead. I do. You do. We all do. Habitually, you sort of have to, especially if you're like an SEO for you know, three years plus now. But, um, you know, that's fine. But th- she had brought up thinking about the formatting. Okay, how do we get this data in better, faster? What does Google want us to do? How do we get it in front of them? How do we let them know that what's on our site is the same as this data? You know, and, and, and paying attention to adjustments in schema. Um, you know, adjustments in markup, adjustments in the way feeds go, because this is the data that they want. So these are almost more interesting and almost more telling about what the future is going to be, because at the end of the day, they don't really care about you. <laughs> they just want your data and they want their users to be happy. Um, so and it, on it, this, Dave, Dave yeah? I think that's a really important point. Like, you, you got to hammer that point home. It's all about getting, getting your data into Google. Um, by any means they provide you. And schema, given um, given the user input devices of, t- of well, that are sitting on your desk and will soon be on it in everybody's living room, uh, you know, voice and uh, uh, mobile devices, like um, getting structured data to Google so that Google can fill in, you know, it's funny. I, I have this like almost like a three-dimensional model of how Google is filling in information based on the individual user or device that is requesting that information. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to articulate, but um, it really comes down to you might have 100 points of information and Google finds one, one information point that's completely useful for the query as, as answered. You want to make sure they have that data. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that and, was profound, I mean, and, man. That was totally profound. And it, it, it's brilliant. It's entirely accurate. And I think that's what we often miss. And and something like schema, since since we're on this, but it makes a great example. Um, is it gives you the opportunity to get data to Google that you may not want visible on your on your site. Um, you know, and, and, and it's fine. It's not like a cloaking sort of scenario, which would be irrelevant and probably undermine all of your schema. Um, you know, coming in and looking at, you know, the menu, you know, schema, the, the, the new schema that you can use for menus now and going, okay, I may not want a list on my full menu, like this one's gluten-free, blah, blah, blah. Right? Like, I, I may not want to list off nutritional, you know, here's, here's all the nutritional information on it. But you can now pass that through to Google via your schema. Um, and get all that data in there, even if it's not something that would look good on your menu. Well, that's a huge, huge perk, because now if I'm going, you know, okay, let me just make sure this is unplugged. Uh, if I go, you know, okay, Google, <laughs> you know, find me a gluten-free <laughs> restaurant near me. Um, now, all of a sudden, I have that, oh, great, my phone's lighting up now. There we are. <laughs> so now my, now my phone's telling you the gluten-free restaurants. But that would give that opportunity to you know, without needing to have it all on my menu, without needing to specify that I am, you know, a gluten-free, they would know that, oh, okay, you know, here's a pub down the road and it, it has these, these gluten-free items without needing to be a gluten-free restaurant, right? That, that sort of thing. So I think that's the perk. 
Hey, Dave, on behalf of really crappy designers everywhere, can, can you add schema markup to a PDF? <laughs> not, not to the best of my knowledge. Okay, um, so I, there's yet another reason that you never put the restaurant menu in a PDF. I, <laughs> ah, I see you saw my rant. Um, or, or that might be your own personal Actually, no, I, yeah. I, I saw my girlfriend's reaction to your rant, which was, what's a PDF? Right. <laughs> and a completely fair, uh, fair comment on her part. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's more meant to SEO peaks to, to, to understand. I mean, I think a lot of people use PDFs and don't actually understand what they are. But the, the, I, I get the advantage to using a PDF menu from a restaurateur's perspective because they'll have an interface that just lets their, per, you know, whatever their staff member is, you know, update the PDF and upload it. And that's all they need to do. They don't need to be a web developer. They don't need to go into the back end. But it still drives me nuts, especially when I'm on mobile, right? And I go, okay, now I got to download this thing. Oh, now I need to hunt it down again. Okay, now I can go, go through all my downloads or just hit download again and hog up more space on my phone. But Okay, uh, so kids, don't do it. Drives us, drives everybody crazy. You think it's funny, but it's not. It just well, you know, one of the self-fulfilling sort of scenarios will be as the winners are the ones that have it on their sites and using schema, then, then all of a sudden I, I will see them less. <laughs> So that would be wonderful. There you go. Okay, and on that, Dave, I'm sorry. There's a lot more to talk about in the news, but we're not going to have time to because we got Melissa Fox waiting in the wings. So before we can get to Melissa, we got to get to these messages. So friends, you are listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 31st of August, 2017. This is Jim Hedger of Digital Voice Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're back with Melissa Fox after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Thousands affected by Hurricane Harvey urgently need support. 
Your donation can help the American Red Cross provide warm meals, shelter, and hope to these families. Please donate today. Go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS or text the word HARDY to 90999. Your support is critical. We cannot do it without you. Start your search engine and set your servers into overdrive. It's webmasterradio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 31st of August, 2017. And like I've been telling you, like, for months now, summer's almost gone. Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and on the line we have, like I said earlier, we have everybody's favorite person in the SEO industry, Melissa Falk. Welcome to Webcology. Thank you. How you been doing? I haven't talked to you. Like, how, how long has it been since we talked to you? Like, like years. Yeah, I just talked to you on Facebook. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we all do a lot of that. Yeah, but just been busy. Well, let's let's start there. What are you? Uh, what are you busy with? Uh, well, I'm the social and community manager at PubCon. Um, I'm now the blog editor at SEM Rush, and I work with a few select um, mentally capable clients on the side. <laughs> oh, I wish we could all say the same. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, how's uh, PubCon? Is uh, PubCon is gro- still growing like a weed, isn't it? It is. This is going to be a huge year for us. So, very excited. Why is this year going to be going to be a? I, I'm assuming by saying it's going to be a huge year, you're implying it's going to be a huger year than last year, which was a huge year. So why is this year going to be going to be huger? I don't know. I think if you if you go through the um, sessions that we're going to have, they were so well planned out and thought out, uh, especially in the SEO realm of things. And there's a huge focus this year on um, in-house. For in-house people, strategies, tips, you know, tactical stuff to take back. And um, the keynotes are going to be great. Uh, the the, pe- the amount of people signing up already has been tremendous. So we're just very excited. Well, PubCon's quality has been increasing over the years. There's no question about that. Um, but I think PubCon has also benefited from, um, well, it's, it's, it's really the last of the old mega conferences still standing. Yes. And and the other thing I think that makes it a little bit different than the others is a lot of people say that they go to conferences and they feel a little uncomfortable or like there's a cool kids club. And we don't have that at PubCon. Um, if you're chosen to speak or, you know, whoever you are, you're expected to just be as kind as you can to anybody. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a great conference to go to where you can just go up to any speaker, anybody from Google uh, from a large corporation and just say, hey, what would you do in this situation? And they'll help you out. So 
uh, people call it a family reunion every year. I mean, if you can call 3,500 people <laughs> every family reunion, <laughs> it still is what it is. And that, I think that makes it very special. But the amount of learning that you can get in the sessions and, and then in the hallways and at the networking events at night is really outstanding. So PubCon is uh, one, of, one of the things that, that I guess PubCon is going back to an old tradition that, that, it, that it had in that it's presenting a number of smaller conferences in a bunch of different cities. Um, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, there was only a couple of PubCons a year. Now it seems there's like six or seven PubCons in the year. No, <laughs> it might seem that way, but no. Oh, is that your work? Like, you're just even publicizing it? Is that, is that right. your we try to keep it in your face. Um, no, but we're this coming year, 2018, we'll have three. Um, so we'll have a one-day conference in Austin. Florida is going to be a three-day conference that will expand the following year. Uh, we're going to have an award show in Florida, and then we'll have the larger one in Vegas as well. So Florida and Vegas are going to be the two larger expanded conferences. They're going to have a slight different focus um, at each conference, but you know, so it's, it's pretty exciting. Florida seems to be a favorite location for people. They love to go. And <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, that's the conference we expanded. Oh, so Florida's warm. Good. Yeah, it's warm and it's happy. And this year we're doing it a, more in spring break time. So it'll be fun. You're, uh, as well, as well as being the social coordinator, social media coordinator for PubCon, you're also the uh, blog editor for, for SEM rush. Yes. Um, that's an interest. That's an interesting shift. Um, how, how's that going? Well, <laughs> um, it's going well. I mean, I, you know, I was the editor at SEJ back in 2011 and I moved on to Moz for two and a half years and then I was at authority labs and I've kind of changed things up quite, you know, I've always been editing. Um, mm -hmm. but when SEM rush came to me and said, Hey, this is what we're looking for. And this is what we need. Do you have the time? I, I mean, I had the time, so I, I like to stay busy. I don't feel good if I'm not working a 50-hour work week, so. <laughs> so <laughs> but, you know, I'll slow down when I'm older. Um, but, but you know, it, the other thing that's nice about editing is that it keeps you on your toes. Um, you can't be an editor for a blog that publishes about SEO unless you force yourself to keep up on all the changes. Um, mm. I, I kind of had a nickname, not at this company, but as at others as the reject queen, because I rejected so many posts and I do it because the, the posts are not valid that, mm -hmm. you know, they, they claim they know SEO, but as an editor, it's very easy for me to see based on someone's article, if they've actually ever done SEO or if they've just written about it. Um, one of the I, I, I've been asking about your writing because I'm, I, I remember publishing you back in like 2008, 2007, 2008 in uh, Site Pro, Pro News. News. Yes, you were the first one that ever published me. I was so excited. <laughs> I wear that as a badge of honor, so let me tell you. <laughs> um, I tell everybody that. I, 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 I actually, I honestly do. I do tell people that I, I was one of the first people to publish from the Fox. But you've been you've been watching blog writing and uh, writing to the industry evolve over the last like nine or 10 years. Mm -hmm. Any observations? Like how, how, how's that evolution gone? What, what have you seen? 
Well, <laughs> we've we've gone through a period of something I call uh, content vomiting, which is basically just write anything and everything to keep writing and to have, have more content. And I think that is a horrible problem because it's so hard to find anything that is informational and good. At this point, you're sifting, sifting, sifting through junk. Um, it has also made it very hard for true experts to stand out. And and I'm not saying like someone with a big name in the industry. I'm talking about someone who you might not have ever heard of before, but they know their stuff. And you can tell in their writing. And uh, so... It's very hard for me, the content. I, I try not to be judgmental and I try to look at content and go, okay, there's someone in the world that doesn't know this. So it's okay that we're talking about it again, I guess. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's getting harder and, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of big, large sites that we used to trust like Forbes, which I don't really read <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is a lot of people have um, contracts with big names in the industry to write. And when I talk to them, they're like, you know, I don't have anything left to say. So when I have to write this month, I'm giving them really nothing because I, there's nothing left. There's nothing new for me to talk about in this in this space. So um, it's I, I prefer the people who really kind of sit back and don't write for a while and only write when they have something really great to say is then I know, oh, that that's something I've got to read. I'm going to run over there. But as far as um, SEM Rush is concerned, we have guest writers contributing. I walked in and changed up the guidelines pretty harshly. <laughs> um, <laughs> you you have to meet a certain number of guidelines to get published and then I'm going to sift and sift through it. The other thing I'm seeing a lot of, and I saw it at, at Moz and everywhere I've worked, I've seen is people stealing ideas from other people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't, I don't allow that. <laughs> so, but to be able to keep up with that, that means you have to read as much as you possibly can. So, um, I don't know where we are in content. I think we're, as an industry, we're starting to get back to the point of less is more. And I'm very happy about that. But you have the newbie people that just don't get it yet. <laughs> See, my my favorite thing you said was, and, and I think we we all aspire to do this. Was I try not to be judgmental? That's mm -hmm. that's a, a lofty ambition sometimes. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I get that you can't possibly not be when you're looking at something, and clearly it's been ripped off from somewhere else or inspired by and, and I think some semblance of that can be you know acceptable because I'm, I'm sure it's happened to you I'm sure it's happened to everybody here where you read something and it triggers something and you're like okay but they missed so much mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm going to write this just better um you know and and, and cover more which you know is is, is fine but um what I mean aside for 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 aspiring you know folks in, in the crowd or you know hey i'm even going to include me here who might be looking going okay that's that it's a great blog i would love to get some content there um what and 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 you could take this for for any source what are editors and i'm not referring to like say and it's funny timing because forbes and just went like no follow because they obviously <laughs> yeah, don't have the editorial standards that maybe you do mm -hmm. uh, because if they're being properly edited, you don't need to know follow everything. Um, 
but what what should people be looking at? I mean, the the frequency notwithstanding, you know, if you're if you can't put something great out, don't put something out. Kind of kind of approach. I think if you can pump out something great every week, awesome. But if you can't, don't do it. Right. What should be? What are you looking for when like as as one of the the I'll call it like a hard ass editor. <laughs> like, what are you actually looking for when you're reading it? Um, I am. Okay. Well, first of all, helpful. So anytime I read a post, I, I try to think who, who is the target audience for this post? Who is this going to help this specific topic? Um, and if I feel that the content is helpful in any way, then I'll continue to really dig deep into it. Um, it, it one of our rules is it has to be tactical um, and actionable in some sense, which means that whoever your target audience is, whoever happens to read upon it can get some information and then have steps to follow. This is how I do X, Y, and Z. Uh, we have a, we don't need a lot of editorial content at this point in this industry. The same things have been written about over and over and over. I mean, now we're at a point where, okay, here's the concept. Now here's how you can take it and help your small business show up in local, for example, right? And and give how to use Google Post to do X, Y, Z. That's what I'm looking for. I want people to come in and feel like this blog has got a guide for really how to do any, anything. And that's how it used to be. If you all remember back in the old days, everything was how to do this, how to do that. Everywhere we read, we learned how to do something because this industry was basically self-taught, you know, like you read and you read and you learned and you learned. And that's what I I'm trying to get back to instead of just a bunch of fluff. But one other thing I, I want to mention in regards to the no follow, because we are a hundred percent no follow blog. And, and a lot of people are mad about that. Uh, we were the same way at Moz and we were the same way at SEJ. And there's, from an SEO standpoint, I understand everyone's feelings about some, some links should be followed. And I get that, but I want everyone to look at it from an editorial standpoint, which is the amount of policing that would need to be involved. One thing that I found, uh, I was paid at a point when I wasn't editing anyone, to audit some blogs. And what I found was even the blogs that I had worked on and had approved posts, and I checked every link to make sure they were valid resources, these wonderful SEOs were not dumb. What they would do is they would publish, and about six weeks later, they would 301 the resource to a client site. Mm. You know? Yeah. Mm. And so there they, you know, so there's a lot of strategies and things that can be done. And, and I'm not saying... It was, a, I mean, they're an SEO. That's their job to get links. But as an editor, it's our job to protect the site from anything that could come down from the search engines. You know what I mean? So we have to make harder decisions on links than than other people. So that's that's just one reason why I think people go no follow. See, now that's funny because that's that's something I'd never actually really thought of because I I would never do a tactic like that. But of course, you get to see them. Right. Like yes. I would have just built a link and that would be the link forever <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because I would link to something I like. Um, 
you know, so okay, that's <laughs> no. Now maybe I'll I'll be a little kinder to sites <laughs> like like Forbes and stuff. Uh, although you know, the email that I'll probably get in five minutes going, hey, and we can get you links on Forbes. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> but it takes away that incentive as well. So, what are some of the? I mean, you you've been, I guess, writing since two thousand eight on Site Pro News. What are some of the? And, and I guess this will be the last question. Maybe we can head back into this um, after uh, after the first break. What are some of the interesting things that you sort of have seen happen? Like here we are, almost a decade from that first publication. Um, what are some of the the most interesting things that you're seeing going on now that we maybe could have seen back in 2008 um, coming and and maybe ignored? And you know, like Cindy Crumb, this is your mobile. Took five years, but she was right <laughs> in the end. She she nailed it. What, what, well, what have you been following? Well, I mean, I think we should have predicted that. And fluff content wouldn't work. I mean, there was a time when we could just write anything in rank. So everybody wrote everything. Well, you know? it, it could be argued unless the fluff content just, just threw an election. Yes, it did. Yes. So it, it works. It right. clearly it, works. People it, want it. it. Well, and it, it works on social media way better than it does in Google, I would say. But, in, Granted. In, but um, at the same time, yeah, I mean, any junk content is hurting us all. And, and Google made that clear. In, you know, I mean, that was the big one. It was such a, a pushback then. Write, 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 write more. Get more index. Get his, you remember, I mean, like our site maps were so important and checking and, and the webmaster tool, you know, <laughs> how many pages do we have ranked? It was a big deal. So we should have seen that it was going to explode and break at some point. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is an opportune time to take this to break. It's a few minutes sooner than I like to, but I have a whole slew of questions that I don't want to have to swap commercials into. (laughs) So, uh, friends, we're talking to the one and only Melissa Falk. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 31st of August, 2017. Stick around. Coming back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand 
from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for webmasterradio.fm. Blog, blog, blog. Webmasterradio.fm. We're the talk of the town. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to, Web- to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's, uh, you know, I gotta tell you, we're, we're supposed to be totally neutral. We're, we're just the talent. We don't care who actually owns us, right? We're like right. baseball players or hockey players. We'll just we'll go wherever they're paying us, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I gotta tell you, I really missed the Webmaster Radio bumpers, <laughs> like the, the 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 little messages between commercials or the the the, the come in and 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 fade out music, uh, yep. faded uh, tracks. I missed those. Webmaster Radio, we're everywhere, and we're back here again, and that feels good. Um, Melissa. Yes. You, how many people were? Um, I mean, I I, I don't want to ask you for exact numbers. I know I know there's a bunch of information. Obviously, you can't give out about the SEM uh, Rush blog, but I I'm imagining, um, just given the nature of that blog, that when you took over, you felt you had to build the audience. Um, would that be a true assessment? Well, they have a large following. Okay. So, um, audience was one thing. I don't know how I'm supposed to phrase this. Go ahead and tell me what else you were going to say. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, if, if, if you did have to build that audience, what would you do? What steps, what, steps, um, what steps stood out in your mind as the first things you had to do? And what would you recommend others in that kind, who find themselves in that kind of position would do? Okay, well... And I, I can, let me go back to like SEJ. Let me do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, when I was hired or asked if I was interested in the job, I was asked and I said, I no longer read the blog. And they mm-hmm. said, okay, well, you're hired. So fix it. And and what the reason, what it really comes down to is, is bad publishing. And that comes from inexperienced editors. So um if you know who your target audience is and what they want to know, it is easy to know which pop, uh, content to publish that will please them, right? Uh, SEM rush is easy. It's mostly SEOs. I know what SEOs want. I know what they need. I know what uh, 101 folks need up to advanced, right? So I know this will fit this audience, this will fit that audience, and, and luckily with this company, it's not my job to not only publish, but to uh, do all the social media and the marketing at the same time. They have full teams for that. But it really comes down to what do people need and want and how are you going to provide it to them in a way that they're going to be able to um, read and understand. So, okay. like, for example, uh, learning styles is very important. I am a really analytical person. I read everything and then I go read five other articles to see if you're right or not. Um, 
Whereas some people just need a picture and a really good headline. If you do this, this will happen. Boom, they're sold, right? So every piece of content has to really be created to target not just your target audiences, but the different types of learning styles at the same time. And I don't, I don't know if a lot of people focus on that. They, they think this is my target audience, and if I do this, they'll read it. That is not the case. Um, the biggest obstacle right now, and, and I think with all content, is um, we have a mass population of people with attention deficit, like actual attention <laughs> deficit. Then you have people that kind of a, have attention deficit issues because they're all over the web all the time. So when you're creating content, it really has to, how are you going to grab the audience quickly through headlines because people scan first? What are your he- headlines going to say? It can't be clickbait. People are fed up with clickbait. Um, you know, so there's just a lot more to it than just taking content and sticking it up there and hoping someone's going to read it. Okay, well, well, how do you discover this about your audience? How, how, how do you discover if they're more visually uh, motivated than, than text motivated? Um, do, do, do you ever get, do you get lost in analytics? You, no, not if you like them. <laughs> um, but it also comes down to like one thing that SEM Rush has that I, I really love, and I can't go into the specifics of how it works because, uh, first of all, I'm not as smart as they are. But they have something called a wow score. And um, the Russian office developed it, and it is outstanding. It does, it, it actually watches how people read the page at what speed. Um, what they're looking at, if they're going, I mean, there's just all kinds of things that are looked at and it tells you um, how successful that piece of content was. And that tool right there has been lovely as, <laughs> as an editor. Um, so you'll see it at the top of any blog post. There's a wow score and we have a top 10 wow score every week and those writers get tweeted about. Um, but it is very helpful to know what, what works and what doesn't. And it's not just helpful for our guest authors, but also the internal authors as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you really just have to watch. And the one thing I tell people all the time is they'll be like, well, this this got 500 tweets. It did so well. Or, you know, that. But if you look at the analytics and no one read it, then what did the tweets do for you? You know. Okay, so. so when you're when you're trying to um, ascertain what was a you know what was a winning article what article didn't perform as as well as you'd like it to what are the important metrics to you? Uh, time on page, very important to me. Um, comments. A lot of people think well, if we get a lot of comments, we're going to be successful. In today's world, people don't have a lot of time to comment. Um, but for some blogs, like I, I monitor other blogs and I watch their comments and, and I am jealous of some of them, <laughs> but, um, but it, I mean, it, it's really just an assortment of things, the feedback that we get back, um, time on page, how much time people spent scrolling back and forth and taking, you know, that, that is all very important to me. Uh, but, and then, you know, if, if they're continued, you know, do they keep returning to the site to read? You know, I okay, always so, gotta love that. Uh, so, Dave. would you say then going in, like you say, coming back? Now, a lot of people when they're judging, 
their site. And of course, it depends on on who they are. But we all look at our repeat visitors versus uh, returning. Would you rather? And this is this is not a universal truth, so don't expect that I'm going to go. And Amazon should judge the exactly the same. But for you, would you rather see if you saw a 10% growth in your um, you know overall? traffic um, in, in a given month, would you rather that 10% came from returning visitors or from new visitors or, or just a, a breakup of the, of the two, but that seems like the easy one. But um, what do you think? If you had to pick actually one of those two, which, which would tell you you're doing the job you're supposed to be doing? Well, it would depend on what my goal was first. So if my goal was to keep my community involved, then I'd want the return visitors. My goal was to brand and get more people to see the tool, then it would be new people, right? So it all depends per article what the goal is. Does that make sense? It does. And what would you say, like, and, and this, let's put this broadly, not specific to, to SEMrush, because I, 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 I don't want you to do that. Um, but what would, what would be your guidelines if you're creating just a couple guidelines for, for everybody? Because everybody who has a blog or any sort of resource section on their site, if you don't, you probably should have one of some kind or another. But you want to sort of have that balance. You want to be producing some of, of both type of content. We all want to right. boost our business, of course, and we all want to create those resources people link to and share and, and build our brand and, and reputation. So what what are sort of your, your cliff notes? Like if you're going out going, oh, okay, this piece, I now need a piece for branding or I now need a piece for, um, you know, business, like whether you're building it for your community or building it for your business, is there like a cheat sheet you use to go, oh, okay, here's sort of the, the way this should be worded. This is the, the, the sort of topic that we should be, that we should be covering. And I, again, only if you can make it a little more broad, I don't want you going, here's exactly what SEM rush does, of course, but um, yeah. What, right. what, what do you do when you're trying to get inspired on ideas for each of those two segments? Well, I am very um, conversion oriented. <laughs> so it's, it's very hard for me because like, um, my goals at SEM Rush might be different than what they were at SEJ. There was really not any conversion for SEJ beyond we went on traffic. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to how to answer this the right way. But um, I think every piece of content starts with a goal. So I don't know that the cheat sheet would be let's just say branding and and exposure. Mm-hmm. I would be looking for new visitors, time on site, did they click through to something else? Um, did they sign up for a newsletter? And how can I provide the similar content? But at the same time, repeat visitors means I'm creating trust. And you cannot make sales and increase readership without trust. So I don't know if I'm answering your question here. <laughs> no, that's a great answer. Um, but trust is huge, especially in the SEO industry. You know, cannot create trust with your readers to start, you're not going to have trust for your company or your tool. And, and let's just take you, Dave, for an example. Like when I started in SEO, if you Googled anything SEO related, there you were. Right? Yep. And, and you had trust way back then. This guy I trusted. I read your blog post because, I mean, you just appeared valid. You had great information. I always went back and read your your items. Now, a lot of people wrote about SEO. I don't often go back to their sites. And you can probably look at your analytics and see, I went on, I looked for about 10 seconds and I left. 
And and honestly, for someone like me, you get one shot with me, and then I'm I'm probably not going to go back. Right. So um so yeah, I, I love the repeat visitors because you're you're building more community, you're building trust, and and they're going to support you in the long run. But and I still don't know if I answered your question right. Nope. That's that's <laughs> you know I mean it's it's hard to give because of course we've got a broad range. We may be talking to people who run hotels. We might be talking to people who you know, run a, run a food cart. Right. So that's a great answer for sort of the, the broad brush um, that we need to paint with Jim. I, I think you're chomping at the bit to ask another question. You're well, judging Skype right now. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just watching the clock and we are getting so close and like, I, we, we, we've got about a hundred more questions from Melissa, but like maybe a minute and a half left. Um, you know, I guess to, I, I'll have to try to boil three questions into one. Um, <laughs> if you got a piece of content how, um, what's the most effective way to promote it? How do you get it out there and let people know that you need to go to this URL and read this, read this content? Again, it's kind of <laughs> de- <laughs> it depends on so many things. It depends on the audience and who I'm trying to target. Um, and do what, I have- what do you find yourself doing most often, given your audience with, with SEM Rush? Well, honestly, I don't do that part of, at SEM Rush, but I can tell you for other people I work for, um, each content is created for a specific audience with a specific goal, right? Um, and how I promote that article is based off of that. Uh, of course, I use social media. The um, custom audiences in Facebook for Facebook advertising are fantastic. Um, Google posts have been working very well. So it's... I think you you have to try a combination of everything and see which one is working best for you before okay. you can come up with the formula that's going to work right. And I, I mean, I think that's the same for everything. But um, I don't ever create a piece of content without a goal in mind. I want this audience to see it. I want it to do X, Y, Z with this audience. And this is the result I'm hoping to get back. Okay. I think, I think this is the last question I'm going to be able to get, get in. Okay. And again, this is uh, a composite question because there's a bunch I want to ask you and I got to sort of jam them together. So in your experience, on average, is it worth paying uh, Facebook to promote the reach of a, uh, of a promotion? Yes, if you do it right. And it's not easy to do it right. <laughs> I mean, you have to play around a little bit. But if you have a specific goal in mind, I want mm-hmm. this audience to do this uh, i want to increase signups for this if you if you do your research and handle the facebook advertising the right way then it can be successful so but you can also lose money if you don't do it the right way okay melissa we are heading out we're going to be hearing the closing music any second now okay. people want to get a hold of you they can find you on twitter at seo at seo aware mm-hmm. um when will they next see you in public I will be working PubCon all week, November 6th to the 9th. <laughs> um, other than that, I'm stuck in a little room with a bunch of computers. Uh, I don't get out much. <laughs> but they can always get me on Twitter. And um, I, I ask everybody to come up and introduce themselves at PubCon. I love to meet new people. Okay. So. Um, Melissa Falk at SEO Aware. Thank you so much for spending time with us on, on Webcology here on Webmaster Radio. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, Friends, we are getting really close to the end of time. We have maybe 30 seconds left, and I want to take this 30 seconds to say, please uh, think about the people in Texas. Um, 
the scope of this disaster is really, it's beyond words. We have no idea how big it's going to be, but we do know that the relief effort is going to take a lot of time, energy, and, and money. The American, as uh, one of our commercials earlier said, the American Red Cross is uh, always accepting donations. And you can also go to Charity Navigator. That's at charity na charitynavigator.org. Um, find a charity that's... Uh, click on the Hurricane Relief link. Find a charity that's doing work on the ground, and you can fund it directly. Whatever. Help. This is a time to you know open your heart, open your wallets, help out. And if you're in the area and you can safely volunteer go and volunteer but most importantly stay safe and make sure that you know your friends family pets um relatives etc are are, are are safe uh on behalf of dave davies from beanstalk internet marketing this is uh jim hedger from digital always media you're listening to webcology back on webmasterradio.fm 31st of august 2017 have an incredible long weekend we will talk to you next week The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.